is it that the Bidens treat a spy balloon from our most potent adversary far better than the Trump supporters? Too bad they weren't this gun shy with Ashley Babbitt. They might shoot a balloon down if they find a red hat in it. Our borders are open to the south, our skies are open to the north. China pumps in poison, slithers in a little virus, makes love to Swalwell. Now they're watching us from the sky? Oh, we're going to see a lot more of these. We're going to see a lot more of these balloons uh, crossing over the country, so just get used to it. And in fact, they've come here before. It is day two of Balloon Watch. The balloon's just sucking up all our secrets, watching your wife change. Well, how about you crank some of those windmills, cockeye, and, you know, blow it back to Canada? Bring it down before it gets to New Jersey, because I'm about to lick one off. You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this. We're not talking about the guy that thinks menstruation is unnatural because of this stupid spy balloon (laughs) episode of the Facts and Friends podcast. (laughs) My name is Tino, and joining me this week is my friend and co-host, most of us thought we knew him as Judson. Uh-oh. But do any of us actually know him at all? I mean, he's been defending George Santos. He lied to us about so many things in his past. Oh, no. He sounds uncomfortably like Ted Cruz. <laughs> How could this happen? Why am I persecuted? <laughs> and then just this past week, I found this. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Who are you? I am definitely not Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> that laugh. Oh my god. So much show this week. Hot air begets hot air as the right lose their shit over a Chinese spy balloon in Montana. Oh, they so did. We get some fun leaked audio from George Santos and then some not so fun leaked audio from George Santos. We'll catch you up on the Dunning-Kruger-McCarthy House of Representatives. What a train wreck of racism, hypocrisy, and incompetence they had this week. Which is... A typical week then, right? Uh, pretty much. And, and and finally, we'll spend a little time at the intersection of The Last of Us and Tino's Gay Corner. Oh, excellent. First up, not since the balloon boy <laughs> has the world been so fascinated with what amounted to nothing. Indeed. And we begin tonight with the breaking headline late today. The Pentagon briefing reporters just before we came on the air saying they are now tracking a suspected Chinese spy balloon hovering over the northern U.S., It was spotted over Montana and other northern states. Montana, of course, home to several sensitive nuclear sites. Now, we are told the suspected Chinese surveillance balloon is the size of three buses with a technology base suspended below. And for a time in Montana, air traffic control imposing a ground stop at the Billings Airport in the last 24 hours. The size of three buses, uh, 12 cars, 75 bicycles, (laughs) 400 geese. What is this system of measurement? Is it just me, or did this story make you miss our stupid did the right lose their shit game that we used to play? I play that at home every day, though, so it's not really... Oh, that's true. I don't really miss it as much as you do. It's, it's kind of like we're we're going to keep playing it. We're just not going to play the drop. Sure, yeah, because <laughs> right? they're going to lose their shit. Because gestures at all of this. Yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. Just... All of this. I mean, this story is also an example of why we stopped doing it, because it, it's this every week. Yeah. E- every damn day, they needed something new to get 
outraged or upset or freaked out about. Yeah, the right-wing outrage slash agitprop machinery is always running at full tilt. Their policies, to the extent they have them, are widely unpopular, so they rely on this tactic to keep their base engaged and enraged. That's why the answer here is that the right did lose their shit. It's also why the answer to the question will be yes later on when we talk about episode three of The Last of Us. <laughs> it's why the answer is always yes. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. When you're right, you're right. You don't say that very often. I do not. He's going to take that out of context later. It's also why it's so much fun to mock them. How do we know it's not pushing spores? How about COVID-22, 23, whatever year it is? We have no idea what this thing is. What year is it, Jesse Waters? I mean, I I, I find it very hard to take your concerns seriously when you don't even know what year it is. (laughs) Pushing spores? Uh, what does this mean, this pushing spores? Spoiler alert, but I'm guessing he's been watching The Last of Us. Aren't there aren't there spores in that? <laughs> this story has almost everything the far-right lunatics love. China, guns, an excuse to call Biden weak. Like they need an excuse. <laughs> right. I think all that's missing is abortion and Hunter Biden's cock, right? Yeah, but we Hunter don't know what was in the balloon, so maybe it's not missing them. That's true. Well, we hate to make what the media suggests is a sensational story boring, Actually, that's kind of your jam, isn't it, Judson? That, that's, that's, a, that's a fair assessment of my jam. <laughs> you want to take this part? <laughs> sure. I mean, governments have been using surveillance balloons for, like, decades. Other than being closer to their targets for longer periods of time, they're a pretty terrible surveillance method. Because, well, I mean, did you see Twitter last weekend? <laughs> Part of the Defense Department, the balloon poses no threat to Americans other than being large enough to potentially create a debris field w- if it was, like, knocked out of the sky. Right. But that didn't stop our friends on the right from screaming incessantly about shooting it down. And there weren't just calls for the military to shoot it down. There were many, many calls by your elected leaders, thank you, gerrymandering, for American citizens to shoot it down with their guns. <laughs> there were a lot of those calls. In photos as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you see all the photos of the right wing people holding their guns and like pointing them at the sky, suggesting they were going to shoot down the balloon? I did see those, but I think actually the first one I saw uh, was J.D. Vance holding a giant cock. Was it Hunter Biden's cock? I am unfamiliar with his equipment, so I could not make a positive identification. Okay. You haven't seen the videos then. <laughs> I haven't seen the videos. But they had replaced the whatever rifle he had in his arms uh, with a, a very, very large cock. Uh, and apparently that was not the only picture they had done that to. So I, I, but it made for a fun time on Twitter. Yeah, they've done that before, but I, I can never get enough of the Photoshopped cocks. <laughs> Talk about quotes I don't want you to take out yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene posted this on Friday, quote, literally every regular person I know is talking about how to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon. It would be great if an average Joe shot it down because China Joe won't. (laughs) They just, they don't know how anything works. But they all seem to be on the same page from blurry loser Carrie Lake to Senator and creep J.D. Vance to George Santos staffer and alleged choopy passer on party bottom (laughs) Rafi Carone. (laughs) But from all of those people, the calls for Americans to grab one of their many assault weapons and point them skyward reached a fever pitch. Shoot Judson used to be a middle school science teacher. I, I was. And a cheerleader. Not at the same time, just for, just to be clear. That would have been really weird. <laughs> hey, girls, Becky's out today, but we have a new anchor for the pyramid. <laughs> it's your favorite science teacher, Mr. Judson. Oh, God. Okay. 
Now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Matt Gates has a boner, though. <laughs> Can you explain how shooting a gun from the ground at an object 60,000 feet in the air would go down? And, and please explain it like you would to a seven-year-old. Actually, maybe even simpler than that. Explain it like you're explaining it to Lauren Boebert. <laughs> sure, I, I can do that. A gun shoots a bullet out of it. Okay. All right. <laughs> we might need to speed this up for our listeners. Sorry. Okay. A bullet has a certain velocity when it leaves the barrel. Mm -hmm. The fastest bullets would go the farthest. And most of your average bullets that are real Americans would only go at best, maybe 10,000 feet in the air. There are some that maybe would go a little bit higher, but they wouldn't go six times higher. Okay. Uh, additionally, at that height, it's not effective anymore. It's not traveling at all. At, at that 60,000 feet, if it, at, the, at the height of because the arc, it slows down. it slows down to a stop. It hangs right. at the top 10 or so feet of that trajectory for like two whole seconds. On top of which, what goes up must come down. Oh, I was worried about that. <laughs> so uh, firing guns into the air is really, really, really a bad idea, especially when you have literally no chance of hitting your target because it will hit something else. And of course, you don't you know where it's going to go. Also, Judson, everybody knows that assault weapons aren't for shooting down balloons. They're for killing kids in schools. Well, sure. Or people just doing their normal day-to-day -day things in life, right? Yeah. Going Shopping to the... centers and market and theaters. and Yeah, you really don't want to be too picky. Country music concerts and festivals. So the other terrible take the right had on the balloon was that Biden is weak and this would never have happened if Trump were president. I, I can I can nearly guarantee you that that balloon would still not be flying if we were still there. Okay, I'd like to echo Michael McKeon by saying fuck you to Mike Pompeo. Thank you. In response to that quote. I will, I will second or third that, whatever it is, after you echo someone. But Pompeo wasn't alone. Lauren Boebert also tweeted, quote, that balloon would never have made it over U.S. soil if Trump was president. <sighs> Now, she almost made it through that entire 14-word tweet without a grammatical error. So close. Okay, a couple things here. Don't a lot of these mega crazies actually think Trump is still the president? Yes. Yes, they do. Although I think the ones in office mostly try to avoid answering that question. You know some of them think well, it. Well, some of them think it, sure, or will say it to their supporters. But when asked by like a reporter, they tend now to go with some sort of cop-out language that basically says that, you know, I believe Joe Biden was sworn in as president or something like that, where it's like... Also, Justin, there's a fundamental problem with those assertions. This isn't the first time this has happened. I'm sure it's not, but... This isn't the first time this has happened just in the last few years for the Department of Defense. They specifically said this happened before this administration. Now, if you take the last few years and combine it with before this administration, which administration do we end up at, Judson? Uh, it's a math problem. It's Trump. It's, it's Trump. Judson, I thought, I, w I was told, I was specifically told this would not have happened under Trump. And you're telling me that it did? I'm saying that the Department of Defense has strongly indicated that it did, at least a couple of times. <laughs> Hey, Future Tino here. A few hours after we recorded this show, news broke that at least three Chinese spy balloons took the scenic route across the United States while Donald Trump was president, and he did nothing about it. In response, the right has grown strangely quiet. I just wanted to drop in that quick update. I'll let you get back to the show. Breaking news. Ukrainians General are using Kane, now. We General Kane, excuse me, if you, I'm not sure... 
Pardon me, General Keene, again, I interrupt you because I'm not sure if you can see this, but this we have a live shot now of this balloon going down. This balloon has been taken oh, down. It is now falling from the sky there over Surfside Beach, South Carolina. Do you remember back when I started getting ready for this show and the right was hella pissed because Biden hadn't shot down the Chinese spy balloon? Oh, yeah, because he was weak. Well, now that he did, and you're not going to believe this, <laughs> the right is super pissed that he shot it down. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you. I'm going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Read this tweet from Ronnie Jackson. Three airports in North and South Carolina are closed because of this, this Chinese spy balloon. How was this allowed to happen? This balloon should have been shot down immediately after entering our airspace. Joe Biden is letting China humiliate us. There were also a few of those like, it's about time tweets. I think I saw one from Carrie Lake. Of course. Funny fact, Biden had actually given the order before the news of this balloon had even broken way back on Wednesday. Right, right. He wanted to take it out. But guess, guess why they didn't? Because... He said, I want it taken out when it's safe. When it's safe for people, yeah. Also, like, satellites exist. What do you think this balloon captured that the satellites and TikTok haven't already captured? What are you worried about? Well, at last, Judson, our long manufactured national nightmare is finally over. <laughs> Only to make way for our new manufactured national nightmare of course whatever that will be i think it's in the close <laughs> it's uh, episode three of the last oh. of us <laughs> right right chris murphy tweeted that he hoped everyone understood the performative unseriousness of the whole balloon story and he's completely right yeah and it's annoying. I'm even more annoyed about this whole balloon nonsense because we spent the entire open of the show talking about it when we had reserved that time to talk about something else entirely, which we now can't talk about. And of course, referring to this. Did you know that women aren't supposed to have menstrual cycles? Let me explain. Please let me explain. <laughs> the entire 12 or 13 minutes we spent talking about the stupid spy balloon could have been spent on that guy's explanation of why women are not supposed to menstruate. <laughs> could have been. Thanks, China. <laughs> I mean, really, thanks the GOP for freaking the fuck out about nothing. We'll be right back. The Facts and Friends podcast is brought to you by people like you. More and more, corporate America is taking over the podcast scene. Your support helps stave off a complete takeover. Please take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and followers via social media or word of mouth. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for helping out. It really does mean a lot. Now, we were hoping we were starting a healthy trend last week when we got through an entire episode without dedicating any real time to George Anthony the Boulder. Santos. I mean, it really just meant we had two weeks worth of stuff to catch up on, right? <laughs> it pretty much did. <laughs> Talking Points Memo reported on some leaked audio from Santos from just a few days ago. Oh, and, and this happened. Remember when I moved you in, the holy dark was moving too, and every breath we drew was hallelujah. Yep. Hallelujah, that's over. It's not over yet. I'm so <laughs> sorry to tell you. Yes, that's George Santos. And unfortunately, that's one of the better clips. There's worse stuff coming later. <laughs> oh, great. More on that in a minute, though. Do you remember those committee assignments Kevin McCarthy gave to George Santos, despite his being elected under false pretenses? I do remember those. It was um, small business and uh, science and space technology. Well, Santos doesn't want them. Okay. Good. He said in a statement this week, 
With the ongoing attention surrounding both my personal and campaign financial investigations, <laughs> I have submitted a request to Speaker McCarthy that I be temporarily recused from my committee assignments until I am cleared. So never. I'm calling bullshit on this. Well, sure. If you look at the, the rough show notes, the ones I sort of type out as the week unfolds, <laughs> read, read everybody what I wrote about this committee removal story. I will read it, but under protest, committee removal. Bitch just wants the paycheck and attention. <laughs> <laughs> Why under protest? That's totally what's going on here. This guy doesn't want to work. He's a con man. That's not what I object to. You don't want to call George Santos a bitch? I just don't think I can get away with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wrote it. Yeah. I, I, that's why I said I'd do it under protest. It's fine. The stuff I'm going to use against you is coming up later. <laughs> <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry about this. There will always be new stuff that you can use against me. That's <laughs> true. All right. Listen to his roommate, Greg Mori Parker, Greg Mori or Greg Mori Parker, depending on the day. But whatever. Names are very fluid around Santos. He told me once that if I can get elected to Congress for just one term, I will be set with a pension and health care for the rest of my life. No one's ever going to prove it, but that sure does track with the rest of his behavior. Also, that doesn't, that's not true. Is it not true? You have to, I think you have to serve for six years. Really? To vest, yeah, to fully vest. And then it's just, it's just a standard pension too. Like, I don't think it's, it's not like some special magical pension, you know, just like any other government employee would get. And we know George Santos is a one-term congressperson. Oh, it seems very likely. If he even finishes that term. All he's then managed to do is smear himself publicly, make himself a joke. He's just like Trump and, and all these other folks, these other con men who have these these Icarus moments where they, they think they can get away with it, or maybe they don't even intend to you know win the election in the first place. And that increased scrutiny when they accidentally win is ultimately their undoing. The con man doesn't work if you pay too much attention to him. Now, his latest lie that's come to light is one that you brought to my attention, <laughs> and it might be one of my favorites. And today, almost like clockwork, we have a new George Santos lie. Bloomberg News reports, <laughs> citing people familiar with the discussions, that during his most recent run for Congress, George Santos told potential donors that he was a Broadway producer, that he worked on the musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. An actual producer for that ill-fated <laughs> production has denied George Santos's involvement in the show. Which He's also denied his own involvement in the show. Isn't this like the Baruch College volleyball star lie in a lot of ways? Yes. It kind of proves he can't control his lying. I mean, if he's lying, he can say he was a star in any sport at any school, and he goes with Baruch College men's volleyball. Well, I think that one has a... It's like... The kind of thing that it's so strange, no one's going to check it. Well, if he wants to lie about being involved in a Broadway musical, why not pick a successful one? <laughs> say say you did costumes for Les Mis or the choreography for Hamilton. Yeah. He picks one of the most embarrassing Broadway failures in the history of theater. It's, it's pretty bad. It's an insane thing to lie about. That show is known for losing tens of millions of dollars, yep. maiming actors and crew, yep. and being altogether terrible. It's an insane thing to lie about. And yet, here we are talking about him lying about it. Here we are. <sighs> well, that's not the only musical George Santos news this <laughs> As week. As you teased I earlier, yes, <laughs> yes. I know you thought you'd uh, done your time, but Judson, listeners, you have not. My power flurries through the air into the ground. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. And one thought crystallizes like an icy blast. 
That was from an account registered to one George DeVolder on the singing app Smule. Apparently the recording is from eight years ago. Now, I read a Rolling Stone article that positively reviewed his performance on the first track we listened to at the beginning of this segment. Hallelujah. Who, what? I don't have the name of the reviewer, but here's what they said. Santos carries the tune well, adds some gravel-voiced theatricality, and most respectably, powers through the hard-to-hit notes with absolute conviction. I mean, he definitely had absolute conviction that he should be doing this. That doesn't make it right. I'm pretty sure he's going to see some absolute conviction in his future. <laughs> Judges, what do you think? It's definitely a no for me, dog. <laughs> Thanks, Randy Jackson. Yeah. Well, you're not going to believe this, Judson. Side note, to our newer listeners, that's what Tino says when he's about to make something up entirely. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to believe this. Go ahead. Apparently, Santos had his own karaoke academy. Well, yeah, where he taught people how to sing karaoke mm. the amazing way he does. Okay, let's hear it. We, well, we found a radio ad for it. Are they a sponsor now? Yes, but we're not going to break. <laughs> okay. We're playing their commercial for free. Oh, they oh. did it for free. <laughs> they did it for free. <laughs> you know that feeling when you're at the bar with your friends and they're all taking turns singing karaoke and they try to get you to join in, but you're just too afraid to do it. That was me. I had no skills, no confidence. That is, until I enrolled in the George Santos Karaoke <laughs> Academy. Co-founded in 2015 by George Santos and Anthony DeVolder, <laughs> the Santos Karaoke Academy will change your life. I remember my first class, we got to hear the master himself. I'm never going back. The past is in the past. <laughs> let it go, let it go. I am one with the wind and sky. Oh man, that still gives me goosebumps. Santos Karaoke Academy has also graduated some of the most prominent vocal talent in the industry. From star of 2020 CPAC, Sailor Sable. <laughs> to this chart-topping superstar known to most as the American Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> but the real proof, the real proof is me. This was me before I spent two years and thousand dollars at SKA. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. So embarrassing. But with George's help, I can now karaoke with the best of them. Listen to me now. <laughs> I'll ever know. No, no, there's no way. I can. No, no, there's no way. No, 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 no. I'm living without you, George. I'm not living without you. Now that's bringing the house down. Thank you. Thank you, George. And as if the miracles George can work on your voice weren't enough, 100% of your tuition payment also goes toward a great cause, a charity to save the dying pets of veterans. No, really, they promised. George Santos Karaoke Academy. Enroll now, before he goes to prison. Where do I sign up, Tino? <laughs> I've got...
thousands dollars on uh, just to spend on this. <laughs> All right, so we've saved the best and worst Santos stuff for last. Okay. Talking Points Memo reported on some leaked audio from an awkward January 30th meeting between George Santos, his chief of staff, and a low-level sort of temporary staffer who was waiting to be onboarded as a full-time employee. In this meeting, Santos was letting this kid go. Okay. I want to be very clear. Everything that we're going to tell you from here to the end of the segment is from the Talking Points Memo story, which you can read in full on their website, talkingpointsmemo.com. We're reporting on the report, just to be clear. So this was a strange meeting. Santos told Derek Myers, the low-level staffer, that he needed to stop going to Columbia for his diluted Botox. Remember, the purpose of the meeting was essentially to fire Derek Myers. Right. So you're firing a guy and you're going to dunk on his Botox first? It's just giving him, you know, some friendly advice. Why is a 20-something-year-old guy getting Botox? I do don't know the answer to that. And where? I also don't know the answer to that. Okay. Though I am also like you, a bit curious now. It also sounded from the recap of the recording that Santos mocked Meyer's cheap tie. Again, this is in a meeting where he's firing him. But Santos, the guy who wears a sweater under his blazer, yeah. is making fun of someone for how they dress. And not only that, but he stopped listening to the kid like halfway through because he got a text from Don Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> and from the story, it sounds like the kid is like begging for his job and trying to give all the reasons why he should be hired. And Santos blurts out, Don Lemon just texted me. I'm sorry. I'm listening to you. Don Lemon just texted me. I mean, that had to be a very exciting moment for him. They text all the time. I think Don Lemon has talked about it on his show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that's more embarrassing for. I don't either. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of either one of them. Yeah, I'm not either. Also in a meeting, Santos seemed to admit to lying to everyone about everything. Reportedly being recorded saying, quote, I've made some bad judgment calls and I'm reaping the consequences <laughs> of those bad judgment calls. Oh. I've obviously fucked up and lied to him like I lied to everyone else. The him there is his chief of staff. Wow. Yeah. If I could have found audio of this, I'd just be playing it for you. I'm sure you would. We wouldn't even be talking. <laughs> so as to the reason Myers was being fired, Santos told him there were concerns over legal troubles he was having. And that's why he had to remove him from the team. The legal troubles that he cited, this is kind of funny, stemmed from okay. Myers publishing a recording in a local like Ohio news outlet that was recorded surreptitiously. I remember, we only know this because Derek Myers recorded this meeting surreptitiously. <laughs> so kind of admitting to the first one <laughs> by releasing the second one. I think we know Derek Myers' kink now. <laughs> Talking Points Memo has a quote from Myers on being fired for having shit in his past that might be a distraction. <laughs> and he told them, I'm thinking to myself, I'm a threat and a concern to this institution? You're George fucking Santos. <laughs> we added the fucking per usual. I bet they just redacted it in the TPM report. <laughs> they could have. <laughs> but it turns out, Judson, we might not be the only ones trying to add some fucking to the Santos Myers saga. Uh-oh. Derek Myers did some tweeting. Can you read this tweet for us? Sure. Derek Myers said... Today, I filed a police report with Capitol Police and a complaint with Congress Ethics regarding ethical violations and sexual harassment by Congressman George Santos during my time working in his office. Additionally, my filings detail sexual harassment I endured in the office of the congressman. These matters will hopefully be appropriately addressed by the police and the Ethics Committee, respectively, in due time. And Myers also shared the letter he wrote to the Committee on Ethics. In it, he complained Santos made him work as a volunteer while his paperwork was being processed. That's uh, the ethics 
ethics violation, one of them. That's not allowed. Right, right yeah, it violates House procedures around volunteer workers. But per the letter, on January 25th, Santos asked Myers if he had a grinder profile. Not appropriate. Whether he did or didn't. Right. Does, is, you don't ask that of an employee. No. Uh, or a volunteer. Especially <laughs> not a volunteer. In the letter, Myers then described a meeting he had with Santos, just the two of them, later that day. Do you want to read it? All of it? I think we read all of this. While in his personal office reviewing the mail, he called me Buddy and insisted I sit next to him on a small sofa. I proceeded to move forward with the discussion about the mail, but the congressman stopped me by placing his hand on my left leg near my knee and saying, Hey, buddy, we're going to karaoke tonight. Would you like to go? I kindly declined the invitation by telling the congressman I was not a fan of clubs and bars and that I was not a good singer. The congressman proceeded to take his hand and move it down my leg into my inner thigh and proceeded to touch my groin. He looked. To, he proceeded to look at me and say, My husband is out of town tonight if you want to come over, and went on to tell me where the congressman lived. I quickly pushed the congressman's hand away and grabbed the mail from the table and proceeded to discuss the topic of constituent correspondence. Shortly thereafter, I left the personal office and returned to my desk. On Monday, January 30th, I was called into the congressman's office and asked about my background as a journalist. I was questioned about matters that had already been disclosed in my conversations with hiring managers from the congressman's office prior to my job offer. On Wednesday, February 1st, I was informed that my job offer was being rescinded. Okay, that's all word for word from his letter to the Ethics Committee. I haven't seen the response from Santos or his representatives about these allegations, but... I mean, it'll be a lie, whatever it is. As fun as it is to have a good time at the expense of George Santos, I think it's also important to acknowledge how painful and scarring sexual harassment is to the victim. Absolutely. And we can't say either way if these allegations are true. I mean, I'm not going to doubt him. I don't doubt accusers. I doubt we'll ever know for sure. But we sure know this thing happens a lot, usually to women, and that it needs to stop. Agreed. So as we go into our first break, I actually want to make a promise to you, Judson, and to our listeners. No more Santos coverage on this show. Okay. Until he either leaves Congress uh-huh. or the sex tapes drop. Because <laughs> that's next. Probably, yeah. We'll be right back. Hey, FNFers, Judson here. Tino and I are always looking to interact more with our fantastic audience. If you have questions, ideas, complaints, or just need a friend, you can reach out to us at factsandfriends at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter N, friends at gmail. And if you want to make a more intimate connection, I'm on Twitter at the fault in my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. And you can find Tino at Uncle Tortilla. We can't wait to hear from you. So we knew going into season three, that the GOP-controlled House of Representatives was going to be incompetent, vengeful, dishonest, racist, offensive, dangerous, confused, cruel, loud, and entertaining in the worst possible ways. (laughs) And about covers it, yep. I don't think I even covered it. There's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) There's a lot of words there. But we're barely a month in, Judson, and they gave us a taste of all of those just this week. (laughs) I thought I'd give you all some examples from each category. Let's start with dangerous. You mean besides telling people to shoot at the Chinese spy balloon? That didn't really happen on the floor of the house. I guess it was on the floor. in-house chambers. When you're a new Republican congressman in the house from Florida, you really want to make the worst possible first impression. Sure. And what better way to do that than with a welcome gift? Are they handing out gators? What? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. What do you get? The congressperson who has, or at least says they have everything, Judson. I don't know. Hand grenades. I probably should have guessed that. <laughs> you probably should have. Yeah. You're, 
Actually, I'm disappointed. (laughs) It's a good thing that New York Times reported this story because we might not have known seeing as Kevin McCarthy had the metal detectors in the house removed. (laughs) That's That's what first term Congressman Corey Mills and Florida man did last week, along with the letter inviting his fellow representatives to, quote, come together to make it easier to blow them up with one grenade. So, I don't know how well you know Corey Mills Judson. Uh, Not at all, outside of his worst possible first impression. (laughs) Well, if you were from Florida and you were competing with Gates and and Kamek and Rubio and Rick fucking Voldemort Scott, like, (laughs) come on. Yeah. You gotta make a splash. Well, Mills is known for discouraging diversity and equity in the military, so racism, sexism. Sure. He's also a huge believer in Trump's election lies. Oh, good. Had me wondering, Judson, should we nominate Mr. Mills for any of our annual congressional awards? We we announced them in episode one. I feel like he might be a good fit for the Boebert Award. That's the freshman congressperson most likely to break into the top 10 worst congresspeople in their first term. That's a good idea. It's going to be hard to beat Santos. Kat Kamek from his own state. Right. J.D. Vance is also in that category. He of holding the giant cock. Holding the dick. I mean, gun. (laughs) J.D. Vance is competing. He's he's taking it seriously. (laughs) It's good to see. (laughs) All right. That's dangerous. Let's move on to two categories in one shot here. Offensive and tone deaf. Okay. I mean, I feel like hand grenade gifts kind of falls into that too, but go ahead. There's a bit of all of these stories encompass all of them going on. <laughs> That's true. And not to spoil you for the, the last one, but the last one is literally all of the above. <laughs> so. Got it. All right. So you know how almost every American politician wears a U.S. flag pin on their lapel or shirt? I know it, and I loathe it. Oh, it disgusts me. Well, there's a new fashion trend spreading through the DKM house, Judson. AR-15 lapel pins. Are they, are they like, fully functional? They're not. They're oh, what? Just... Then, then it's not as bad as it could have been, I feel like. <laughs> You're right. This story could have been way worse. And we would have had to put dangerous uh-huh. in the category. Yeah. Well, just in time for the fifth anniversary of the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas School shooting massacre, your boy Andrew Clyde is handing out assault rifle lapel pins for his colleagues. I'm Congressman Andrew Clyde from Georgia's 9th District. I hear that this little pin I've been giving out on the House floor has been triggering some of my Democrat colleagues. Well, I give it out to remind people of the Second Amendment of the Constitution and how important it is in preserving our liberties. If I missed you on the House floor, please stop by my office in Cannon. I have plenty more to give out. You know what turns my stomach the most about that? It's just how happy he sounds, how giddy. Proud of himself. Well, Andrew Clyde is no one-hit wonder. He's also the guy that said this. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. Would you? Would you, Andrew Clyde? I'm I'm actually curious about the lapel pins. Are they replacing the flag with the AR-15 or are they wearing one on each lapel? So in the images I saw, that's one of Anna Paulina Luna and one of accused sexual harasser George Santos. I thought we weren't talking about him anymore. (laughs) I'm not. We're still on the same (laughs) show. Okay. All right. So Santos has his congressional seal, and Luna just has the AK-47. Okay, well. So replacing the flag, you remember that crazy woman who's like, the flag's not even the same. Oh, the American flag is gone. Yep. Yeah, well, the American flag is gone now. Our flag should just be a gun. And Luna was notably seen wearing hers less than 48 hours after a mass shooting in her state in that her injured state. 11 yeah. people. Yeah. In her state. How 
awful. Fuck these people. All right. How about some incompetence? That's my biggest pet peeve, so bring it on. Okay. I'll admit it feels a little unfair to single one story out for incompetence. It's a sort of the thematic <laughs> sort of the thematic core of everything that GOP House does. It is uh, ironically, it's the one thing they are competent at is being incompetent. <laughs> but if we were to pick just one example of incompetence, it's for me at least, it's the first hearing of this term's House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Judson, how cruel is the universe that Republicans lead a committee on accountability? It's if you don't want any accountability, that's a that's a way to go. I suppose. Well, this meeting focused on the misuse of federal COVID money. Uh huh. And the congressperson from Georgia's 14th and current <laughs> reigning facts and friends, who has the biggest asshole winner, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She'll never be defeated. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She has some questions for the head of the U.S. Government Accountability Office, Jean Dodaro. Can you tell me uh, how much how much COVID cash went to CRT? CRT. Critical race theory in education. It's it's a racist right. uh, uh, curriculum used to teach children uh, that somehow their white skin is not equal to black skin and other things in education. Yeah. Uh, no, I do not know that, but I, I do know that there's f provisions that the uh, federal funds generally are not used, they're supposed to be used for curriculum. Oh, uh, that's a state. Oh, Mr. Dodaro, I have to tell you, in Illinois, that they, they received 5.1 billion um, at at an elementary school there that that used it for equity and diversity. Not a state. Yeah. Not a district. One elementary school. $5.1 billion. Uh, Tom Cole, he's an attorney in Maryland, he tweeted, if the school received $5.1 for equity training, the impact would be so large, even Marjorie Taylor Greene would be a little less racist. <laughs> I love your tweet, sir. Clearly that didn't happen. No. All evidence to the contrary. But leaving aside the NADA dollar figure, her definition of CRT is batshit. Of course it is. First of all, it's not exclusively taught to white kids no. it's not taught to any kids really it's not even if it were it's not taught like they don't like sing out the white kids and say you've got to learn about how white skin is bad right it would be taught to all the children about how black people have struggled in this country for a long time and maybe we should do something about that and also equity and diversity training is not crt no it's not equity diversity training isn't for the students it's for the teachers <laughs> Training is for the teachers. You are confused, ma'am. I don't know how many videos I saw this week of reporters going around asking mega idiots what CRT was and none of them being able to answer. Well, and the best answer they could give is the one she just gave. It's a racist tool that people use to teach kids that they should be ashamed to be white. Right. And that's all they can say when they aren't constantly saying that everything they don't like is CRT or woke or whatever. All right, Judson. Now we're on to confused. I'm surprised you didn't ask me to rant about this. I feel bad asking you to rant two weeks in a row. It's, it's fine. It's fine. We, they don't. Nobody needs to hear me rant two weeks in a row. It's. It's. Fine. I enjoy it. <laughs> Judson, words are hard. Wh which words? Well, there's one word that really confuses everyone on the right. Do you know what it is? I just said a few of them. CRT. <laughs> CRT. <laughs> uh, uh, anything involving math. Uh, socialism. Communism. That's the word. Socialism. Hey, hey, got it. 
<laughs> First try, as my son would say. They use that word a lot like they use wokeness, I think. Like, just a blanket term for evil. Exactly. It's just, it was the older term that everything bad got lumped into. Exactly. But it turns out, plot twist, not really. <laughs> Socialist programs are some of the most popular in this country. Of course they are. Education, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, student loan assistance. Libraries. Uh, <laughs> public roads right our audience is also smart enough to know that we're the only industrialized nation without socialized health care yeah which is a basic fucking human right the, the problem is they they equate socialism and communism which are somewhat related but they equate those two and they take anything that is socialist in the democratic socialist sense as somehow socialism which is not the same thing Agreed. I mean, let's let's be fair. They are against those things that I just listed. They are, but they want private education. But they're not against them because they're socialist. They're against them because they spend money on people that aren't them and that don't look like them. And not rich. Yeah. Yet they have a populist base for some reason. <laughs> yeah. The latest entry in demonizing something most of us like was to introduce a resolution condemning the quote horrors of socialism in all its forms. <laughs> Except that they're not all horrible. No, no, no. They just, what they tried to do is conflate like the worst, like most horrific autocratic regimes with I mean, like, democratic socialism. I will happily condemn the National Socialist Party of Germany in the, 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 the 30s. That that seems worth worthy of condemnation. Stalin. But that's not socialism in the sense no. that we have it today. No. So just one quote from this stupid resolution. Socialist ideology necessitates a concentration of power that has time and time again collapsed into communist regimes, totalitarian rule, and brutal dictatorships. Ironically, they want a dictatorship. <laughs> they they want, want authoritarian that. rule. They absolutely do. <laughs> Some of them even come right out and say it. Yes, exactly. But they're painting with the broadest brush imaginable. It's like saying singing the national anthem is horrible because of this. And the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in <laughs> While pretending the Whitney Houston version doesn't exist. Exactly. Though I'm kind of on board now that you've played Sable again. <laughs> Maybe you're persuadable. <laughs> it fits into my whole theory about you being a plant. <laughs> the right's long game here is to continue to stigmatize socialism by misrepresenting it. But the short game is to make a little political theater in which they can call out the Democratic Party for being anti-American and anti-democracy. And they did. Of course. All over Twitter and the but news. But they would have done it anyway, regardless of what the Democrats did, right? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. It doesn't matter what we do or say. Judson, I might rant a little bit here. <laughs> okay. I'll allow it. The anti-American and anti-democratic party is the one that tried to steal the presidency in 2020 via coup. Yeah. It's the one that attacked our nation's capital in a treasonous insurrection. It's the one that takes power by force, despite the will of the people, through voter suppression. There is an anti-American, anti-democratic party in this country, and it's the Republican Party. Exactly. How was that? that was good. I mean, you're the rant expert. That was good. That, that was good. I, I, I fully endorse it. Three stars, four stars, two stars. How many? What, what's our max? Uh, is it a five star system? Yeah, five stars. Well, actually, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's ten stars. <laughs> 
And then when I edit this, I'll say it's five. So when you give it like eight stars. <laughs> sure, sure. Eight and a half. Yeah, sure. Oh, wow, man. You're, so, you're too generous, Judson. All right. Our last story, and I spoiled it earlier, is all of the above. It's also the most substantive story, I think, from the DKM House this week. It does encompass all of these Republican-led House priorities that I listed. And it is, of course, the removal of Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Right. The House made good on Kevin McCarthy's threat to oust Omar from the committee because racism? That that seems right. I mean, xenophobia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's a few more horrible elements. Religious zealotry. Now, I think it is completely fair to characterize some of Omar's comments on Jewish people as anti-Semitic, hurtful, using nasty tropes. I mean, some of them, maybe some of them, not so much. They've been taken out of context, so too. So and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and And twisted to say things she didn't intend. Well, she most certainly said stuff she shouldn't have said. And she apologized. Her comments, in fact, were openly condemned in a statement by Democratic House leadership a few years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, call me crazy, but I feel like this might have been litigated already. It was. But they didn't do this because Omar made some disgusting anti-Semitic comments in the past, some of which, as you said, were overstated. Right. They did this because she's black, because she's Muslim, because she wears a head covering, because she's an immigrant, because she's a woman, and because she's a Democrat. Am I ranting again? A little bit. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, that's yeah. that's why they did it. Also, because they could and get away with it. Well, they almost didn't. McCarthy had trouble getting the votes to oust her. Well, because it's a ridiculous thing to do. <laughs> right. It was only when he added language to the resolution promising to apply the same standard to Republicans that a few of the holdouts agreed to it. So how are they going to have committees if all the Republicans are kicked off committees? When I was thinking about this, it's like the people that were holdouts that thought that the language McCarthy included was sufficient, they like deserve their own circle in hell. Yeah. I... It's clearly not true and they know it. I guess they feel they have political cover now to sign off on the resolution so long as the language is in it. I think that's probably the case. I mean, I don't know what else, I don't know what else they could be getting out of it beyond just that, like you said, the political cover. In fact, floor speeches from Democrats made it very clear that despite that language that they added to the bill, the standard would only be applied to Democrats and misapplied at that. Here is a proud Jewish congressperson, one Anthony Zabrowski of GoFundMe fame. Mr. Speaker, today I rise to congratulate my colleagues on voting to remove Representative Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Okay, sorry to cut you off there, George, but... Uh, well, I thought his name was Anthony. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> That's short Santos. I figure you just might need some time to get a good sexual harassment lawyer, so... Here's an actual proud Jewish congressperson, Jan Schakowsky of Illinois. My colleagues, I stand before you as a proud Jew. And... And... A proud friend and colleague of Ilhan Omar. I don't need any of you to defend me against anti Semitism. My friend Ilhan Omar, we have worked together to the, val the values that I treasure as an American Jew and that she treasures. Dean Phillips also had some points. Furthermore, she has never posted a video depicting herself decapitating and killing fellow members of Congress. She doesn't question whether a plane really smashed in to the Pentagon on 9-11. She does not wonder if school shootings in America are staged. She has not propagated the absurd notion that space lasers <laughs> financed by the Rothschild family are the cause of wildfires in California. She has never equated vaccine mandates with Adolf Hitler. And she has never, ever 
express support for executing leaders of the United States Congress. Well, all things Marjorie Taylor Greene did, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so like, this is Jeopardy, like, who is not Marjorie Taylor Greene? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, at least four out of like that six or so that he said. I, I think I, the last one was Gosar. Definitely Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know that they were all her. Rashida Tlaib. The hypocrisy is obvious to the American people. You are showing who you all are, really. The gentlewoman's time has expired. Omar will not be silenced. The gentlewoman's time to has Congress, expired. Omar, the I gentlewoman's am so time sorry, has expired. That our country is failing you today through this chamber. You the, belong the gentlewoman in that is no longer recognized, and the the gentleman from. I guess they cut her mic. Yeah, I'm sure they'll remove her next for calling Trump a fucker. Yeah, I'm. She's probably next on the list. She's also Muslim. Right. That's a no-no to the Republicans who believe in the freedom of religion. <laughs> <laughs> can be any kind of Christian you want. Right, exactly. Well, no, you can't be the kind of Christian that likes gay people. Those exist. <laughs> you can't be that kind. Actually, you can't be any kind of Christian you want. <laughs> I thought AOC had one of the most powerful speeches of the day. There is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdi a, a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Powerful. Real quick with that stopwatch they are. <laughs> Pretty quick. <laughs> the reaction from conservative blowhard and man whose periodontist calls a financial gift from God, Charlie Kirk, <laughs> shared this tasteful response on Twitter. I was making fun of his gums. He's very large gums. <laughs> what did he say, Judson? He said, why is AOC bouncing and dancing all over the place? The speech is rhetorical blackface. Hmm. That's foul. Racist? Yeah. And finally, Ilhan Omar, in her own words. This debate... Today, it's about who gets to be an American. What opinions do we get to have, do we have to have to be counted as Americans? There is this idea that you are a suspect if you are an immigrant, or if you are from certain parts of the world, or a certain skin tone, or a Muslim. It is no accident that members of the Republican Party accuse the first black president Barack Obama of being a secret Muslim. Well, I am Muslim. I am an immigrant and interestingly from Africa. Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? Is anyone surprised that I am somehow deemed unworthy to speak about American foreign policy or that they see me as a powerful voice that needs to be silenced? After the vote, some congresspeople were not very happy, Judson, as you might expect. One called it, quote, the stupidest vote in the world, and another agreed quite strongly. And those were Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Why should you choose Planned Parenthood? Because birth control is a choice I'm making for me. Because knowing my status is important to me. For emergency contraception. 
For healthcare I can afford. For confidential expert care. Planned Parenthood offers birth control without an exam, STD and HIV testing, HPV vaccination and screenings, pregnancy tests, and much more. To schedule your appointment, call 1-800-230-PLAN. That's 1-800-230-7526. Planned Parenthood. Care no matter what. Thank you all so much for listening to the show this week. The Facts and Friends podcast is written, directed, edited, and produced by the two of us with occasional but valuable contributions from a few very smart, very funny people. Please don't forget to help keep the show going by spreading the word about it to your friends and followers through social media or word of mouth. I hope you don't have followers via word of mouth because then you would be like a cult leader. But also, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Add it to the list, guys. <laughs> also, do take a quick second to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Those really do help. Okay. If it's okay, if if you all don't mind getting up for a second, can I ask you all to put on some comfy slippers and Done. come meet me down on Tito's Gay Corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about The Last of Us here, but it's going to be completely spoiler-free. Judson will attest to this. I am one of the most spoiler-sensitive people on the planet. I mean, the the most that I personally know. Yes. <laughs> okay. And unlike Republicans, I do actually possess the trait of empathy. <laughs> so you can trust me when I say that our discussion will not have spoilers. Justin, have you been watching The Last of Us? I, I have not been watching The Last of Us. Of course not. Why <laughs> did I even ask? <laughs> you know, you accuse me of not liking good things because I firmly believe Shawshank isn't only overrated, but legit just a shitty movie. Sure. Yet you refuse to watch some of the best television out there. I don't have time to watch all these shows, man. Okay. Have you played the game? <laughs> both of us are big gamers, both tabletop and video. I, I have played the game, yeah. Oh, you've played through the whole game. Uh, not the whole thing, but I've played through a, a bulk of it. Okay, I'm glad I picked this as a topic. <laughs> What's the last TV show you did watch? I don't ever sit down and watch, just watch TV these days. All right, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Unlike you, the rest of us are watching The Last of Us. And that's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's shockingly good. Excellent. Full stop. I might have to watch it. It's not just good for a video game adaptation. It's just fucking good. Right, that's what I've heard. It's gripping. It's emotionally resonant. It's beautifully shot, written, and paced. I honestly, I look forward to it every week. So the most recent episode, the third, and it's nine episode for a season, and this might be the most spoilery thing I'm going to say. It's not really a spoiler, but... I'm super sensitive. The third episode gave some attention to a romance between two men. Okay. Now, I've been known to consume my fair share of entertainment that has <laughs> relationships, you might call them romantic, between two men. I was going to say that I don't think I would call them romantic, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carnal. Exactly my quibble. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It's safe to say that my usual fare in this genre is a little less tasteful. But in all seriousness, episode three was one of the best hours of television I've ever watched. And I am not a superlative person. Least likely to be a superlative person, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I highly recommend you check it out, Judson. Even if you don't want to invest in the series, just watch episode three. It was so poignant, so, so simple, but layered. And if those guys, the actors, don't win awards for their performances, then I don't know why the entertainment industry has acting awards. Yeah, why even give them? Yeah. And this isn't just my opinion. I dare say this opinion was pretty universal among thinking, feeling human beings. That last part of the <laughs> sentence being very important. Leaves out a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> it does. A lot of people and some reviewers 
viewers kind of compared it to the opening sequence in Up, which I know you've seen. Yes. And I bet you cried. I did. I do every time. If you didn't, I disown you as a friend and co-host. Yeah. <laughs> IGN called it a, quote, masterful hour of television, displaying everything that adaptation strives for at its best. Um, the Daily Telegraph said it was, it breathtakingly undercuts every conceit of the zombie genre to create a piece of chamber theater every bit as brilliant as anything the sopranos or the wire had to offer it's high praise yeah it really is it was extraordinary well so you get to the internet comments section and the internet in general never read the comments man it was review bombed <laughs> on metacritic and imdb jensen shocking the right wing outrage machine went batshit crazy about how the episode was woke garbage Virtue signaling, grooming, the usual. Well, they had to prepare for when the balloon would get blown up so that they were ready for the next <laughs> step, like we talked about earlier. I thought, Judson, we could have you read some of these comments that I will in no way attribute to you as your actual opinions at a later date. Looking forward to this. <laughs> All right, here we go. I swear I thought you were going to say no. No, no, I'll read them. Please go ahead. I'll read them. Somebody named Wilfen. The episode did exactly what it was designed to do. Virtue signaling, woke signaling, and stirring the pot. It was done extremely well, again, for what it was designed to do. Not a fan, but I can still see the quality of the product. Okay, well, that no, you know, that's one of the nicer homophobic comments that I've seen <laughs> in internet comments. <laughs> that's right. He's saying, it's woke crap, but it's well-made woke well, crap. Well, yeah, it's the best of the woke crap. <laughs> Tim Casey tweeted out that, this gay episode was in your face. Better be woke and like it or you suffer from homophobia. 90% or greater of the population is not queer. How about a real guy and gal as the characters for the general public? Yuck. With it spelled Y-U-K. Yuk. Yuk. I did a quick scan of Mr. Casey's past tweets, which reveal him to be a Tucker Carlson fan. What? Who thinks Joy Reid is a hateful racist. I am shocked by this. Didn't see that coming. Abel, Twitter user Abel, watching this episode was like watching politicians in Venezuela still trying to sell their people on the fantasy of socialism after the people have already seen its true devastating effects. Abel's opinion is challenged by at acrid tweeter and he, because you know Abel is a he. Absolutely. Quite the pithy retort. Okay, what does acrid say? That's not the point of the story at all, you, you a loser. <laughs> And then Abel replied with, you're obviously an idiot casual, get lost tard. So neither perhaps the most eloquent of tweeters. No. But Abel really, really demonstrates his greatness as a human. What's next, Judson? Who else we got here? We have Woody Chipper. Oh, Woody Chipper. This entire episode was some writer expressing his dream of outing a right-winger type. It was cringeworthy. There weren't any Christians to mock or tax benefits. Huh? You can't just make quality entertainment, can you? Every thinking, feeling human being thought it was some of the highest quality entertainment they ever saw. Yeah. Uh, I also did a quick scan of Woody Chipper's tweet history, which shows he's a Carrie Lake-supporting election denier who had this well-reasoned take on pronouns. A man that believes people can change their pronouns is mentally ill or possibly really stupid. I mean, Woody does seem to be the expert on being really stupid. And possibly mentally ill. <laughs> I, I don't want to weigh in there, but maybe. And finally, some asshole named Matthew Burgess tweeted to Nick Offerman, who plays one of the men in the relationship. I love Nick Offerman. I do too. That he had had his, quote, man card revoked. Oh. But I think we both loved Nick Offerman's response. I did. I did. Did you see this? I, I did, yeah. Nick Offerman tweets out in Nick Offerman voice. Right. Can you do it? Can you try to do it? I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do I don't, it. I don't think I could. Yeah. Friends, I I've got some bad news, but now it can be free. <laughs> 
<laughs> drops to a knee, sets down lifelong burden <laughs> of his of his man card. <laughs> Nick Offerman is a national treasure. He really is. I want to see his stand up. Although I, I, I worry there's going to be too much woodworking talk in it. He is a good woodworker. He so. loves working with wood. <laughs> All of this, though, is just a reminder that conservatives are why we can't have nice things. That's true. Thanks again for supporting this podcast. We do it for you. And by you, I mean that one friend of mine with his weird spot on her chest. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. This balloon has been taken oh, down. It is now falling from the sky there over Surfside Beach, South Carolina. South Carolina? Did Lindsay shoot down the Chinese spy balloon? Jets and jets and jets and jets and jets. Everyone knows Lindsay does most of his shooting in D.C., and it's usually in a hotel room onto some 20-something man's chin, <laughs> neck, and chest. <laughs> oh, boy. Where's my oh, God? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, it's going to oh, boy. <laughs> Hey, Judson. Hey, Judson. Yeah. Yeah, Tino. We're going to leave this in unedited. <laughs> this, this transition, this non-transition. <laughs>